Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Ken Turner, the CMO of Fanatics Collectibles, chats with us about how commerce and upselling help a business thrive, as well as how performance marketing efforts make a business possible. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessor, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista, where I'm, I have a special outfit on. I have a jersey. This is Eli Manning's jersey. I miss Jersey Day. San Antonio, our headquarters, did a Jersey Day. Did they let me know? They did not. So I'm making it today. But it also has something to do with our guest. You know, it's not Eli Manning, but I love I, I love him just the same. So don't worry. But uh, we're going to be talking something that's near and dear to my heart. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's talk about two other things that are near and dear to my heart. The company I work for and my CEO, my co-host. You know him. We'll get to him in a moment. But let's talk about Starista just for like 12 seconds. We don't accept advertising on this podcast. We just talk about us for a little bit. Starista. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data. We help companies access that data through our technology, our own email sending platform, our own demand side platform to help them get new customers. Who doesn't want new customers? My voice went really high on that. I don't know why. I'm 45, that shouldn't happen. But it's so good to be here. And ladies and gentlemen, calling in my CEO, he's here, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. We have some exciting uh, new website developments coming up. So we'll have a brand new website uh, coming up in Q4. So it's love it. Uh, I was actually delayed on my uh, lost track of time. Yeah, that's all right. That's a way that we, we build on that. You know, we know our SVP of marketing to talk a lot. Um, yeah, but uh, that's good. That's good. It's great to see. I have my jersey on. I have my jersey on today because I missed it. This is Eli Manning, the greatest New York Giant quarterback of all time. You know, a lot of people say LT is the greatest Giant of all time. Eh, you know, Michael Strahan. But anyway, it's uh, because this ties into the guest we have. I'm an actual customer of the organization that this gentleman represents. It's not often, maybe this has happened two other, three other times in 160 episodes, but I am extremely happy to have this gentleman on our podcast. AJ, we've got a great one. We are talking to Fanatics Collectibles. You know how much of a fan I am of collectibles. Ladies and gentlemen, the CMO, Ken Turner. What's going on, Ken? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. What's up, AJ? Love having you. Love having you here. Uh, Ken, we already talked. It's like I know Ken for a long time. Anytime you can talk sports, right? So, you know, Fanatics Collectibles. I'm an actual customer. I order from the Fanatics brand of companies. This jersey, other jerseys, uh, the new Messi jersey uh, I have. Uh, my last piece of collectibles from your organization, the Mario Manningham catch 
from this same quarterback, Eli Manning, in Super Bowl 46. One of the happiest days of my life. Yes, I have kids, so I'm also those days, but you know, Super Bowl 42 and 46 were amazing. Were, were amazing. So yeah, it's great to have an, you know, uh, it's great to have on uh, a guest where I'm an actual customer of. So uh, it, it's great to have you here, Ken. It's Let's get here, right man. into it. Let's get right into it. I'm excited. We tell us, you know, tell the people listening about your role within the organization. Tell us about the organization. A lot of people know fanatics, right? But talk to us about the fanatics collectibles uh, organization and your role. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a marketer, so as, as, as you say, I may get long-winded. So maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just start with the overall kind of thoughts and mission of, of Fanatics. Uh, full stop. Um, so Fanatics has a mission of, of building a global uh, sports flat platform, uh, global uh, platform that is that is digital. Um, the fans are kind of the the center of that, and so the the mission is really to to serve fans across that that platform, um, and so. In doing that with with sports, obviously, and I mean, we could talk about sports all day. We every time we talk, we do uh, talk about sports, and at some point, we'll have a debate over who's really the the greatest the Giants quarterback ever. Because <laughs> I think you sparked a couple of thoughts with that one. Um, uh, but what we want to do is offer the the fan, the consumer, the collector, um, integrated, personalized experience across all of our businesses. Uh, so if I just take a, a little bit of a uh, a step back in terms of just the, the history. Um, I won't go back to 2002. Maybe I'll go back to 2011 when Michael Rubin kind of acquired Fanatics. And at, at the time, it was really more design and manufacturing. Uh, so the it was it was what we call now our commerce business. Uh, and so it was you you buy that Eli Manning jersey uh, or you buy a, a jersey from Mario Manningham, which happens to be a Wolverine. Then I mean that you got it from from Fanatics. Uh, and then the business started to grow and there was this idea of how to connect uh, fans uh, and immerse them in sports. And uh, 10 years later, uh, in 2021, a fanatic started Fanatics Collectibles, uh, which is the business that I work on. Uh, and that is both physical uh, and digital uh, trading cards primarily. Um, and then in 2022, a Fanatics acquired Tops, uh, So Tops uh, of the, the trading card uh, kind of phenomenon. And, uh, we know uh, Tops and it has an enormous history, uh, but that's that's not it. Uh, if we fast forward to, to this year, uh, two exciting, I'd say maybe two and a half exciting things are happening. Fanatic Sportsbook, uh, which is Fanatic's betting and gaming, uh, has launched uh, and will continue to launch. And that's online and retail uh, uh, gambling and, and, and sportsbook. And then Fanatic's Live, uh, which is our live uh, shopping uh, platform and e-commerce uh, that is also launched uh, this year. And announced this year to launch next year uh, is a, a business we call Fanatics Events, which is the uh, actual in real life experiences. Uh, so that makes up kind of the, the, the ecosystem that is fanatic, Fanatics, all kind of built together to surround uh, the, the fan with an immersive, immersive experience uh, and then basically elevate the, the experience uh, of the fan. So that's Fanatics. Fanatics Collectibles is a business that uh, I'm kind of on. Uh, as a, as a CMO, and as I mentioned, 2021 is when Fanatics Collectibles started. So two years in, uh, and we're a growing business, man. It's uh, it's really cool to be here. I'm excited about especially the live events. I I love the you know that's fun for people, and I can't wait to take my son to some of those events. 
you know, I, I get to meet a lot of athletes because of the MC work I do. We could talk about that another time. But so that that's amazing. Yeah, so your your role within the organization, you're the their first CMO, if uh, my numbers are correct there. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. the first CMO within Fanatics Collectibles. Uh, so yeah. each of our not each of our businesses. So we do have a CMO that is on our commerce business, which is the main business that everyone kind of knows when they hear Fanatics. We also have a CMO on our a sports book, so Fanatics Betting and Gaming, and I'm the first uh, CMO, uh, Fanatics Collectibles. Nice. Well, a question we always ask everyone, Ken, that people, because it's usually not a straight path. Yeah, you, your experiences are, are amazing, some of the companies you worked at, but let's take a step back. Let's go back to how you got into marketing in the first place. Yeah, it's interesting. So I started off as a finance dude. Uh, so I worked on mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I worked at the Chicago Board of Trade. Uh, I can tell you right now, I don't think I own a tie anymore. <laughs> back then, I had a gang of ties. Uh, and then I did a career change because finance is great. It's amazing. It's a good foundation, but it just wasn't for me. And I wanted to get into to more general management. Uh, so I went back to graduate school uh, and then started in traditional CPG. Uh, so I spent about a decade in traditional CPG uh, at a, a company called S.E. Johnson. So Scrubbing Bubbles, Windex, Raid, Off, those types of brands. Um, and then got a call from a, a brand in a business called Red Bull, uh, who was looking to, to kind of build uh, uh, on their business that had become a little bit flat. Uh, and so I worked for Repo for about eight years and about six months ago, I started here at uh, Fanatics Collectibles. And Ken, what kind of drew you from a new role from uh, Red Bull, which is a, also a pretty well-known brand itself? Yeah, I would tell you, it's a great question. It's a question I get a lot. I usually answer the question before it's asked, but I wanted to not talk so much. Um, I will say Rebel is an amazing company. It's an amazing organization that is really based in, in kind of marketing fundamentals. Anytime you can go to a company and as an example, someone says, hey, we want to we want to throw a dude from outer space and see how that works. And uh, nine out of 10 people say, all right, let's figure it out. Uh, and the 10th the person is probably the lawyer in the room. It's an amazing organization. Um, and it got to the point at, at Rebel, which where it was so kind of phenomenal. Uh, that for me, the senior leaders that I had on my team were so good. Uh, it was opportunity to to let them kind of move forward and, and lead on their own. And so I started to look for something that was similar. I was looking for something that was rebel, but not rebel, but also gave me an opportunity to grow and build uh, kind of at the ground floor. Enter uh, CEO of Fanatic Collectibles, Mike Mahan, uh, and our chairman, Michael Rubin, where we just started to have conversations uh, about Fanatics and Fanatics Collectibles. Uh, and so if I can give you a sneak peek into that first conversation, it is very similar to the conversations that that we have had, uh, which is it starts by talking about sports. I mean, that was literally our first conversation. Uh, I had mentioned I was from Wisconsin. Um, I think it was Mike or Michael that asked me uh, about my thoughts on Giannis versus Joel Embiid. If you know Michael, he's from Philly. He loves Joel Embiid. Uh, for the next 20 minutes, we kind of talked about basketball, really talked trash about basketball. Um, and it's kind of that passion uh, that really drew me to the organization, that and the fact that the organization, specifically collectibles, was looking to to grow the number of collectors in the category, was looking to become culturally relevant, uh, and was looking to, to build an organization uh, that hadn't had marketing uh, in a while uh, in the category. And so all that was kind of, you know what, this is a really good next step for me. So going from one phenomenal organization to uh, another phenomenal organization. 
it wasn't an easy choice to make, uh, but six months later, uh, I can tell you uh, it's it's the best choice. Awesome. And Ken, you know, I became, uh, I guess, more familiar with Red Bull or tasted it the first time, I should say. We had uh, Red Bull girls come by our office uh, many years ago. Uh, so kind of related to that, I know Fanatics does a lot in the digital space, but how's kind of the live uh, event aspect for Fanatics? Is that a big part of your brand and product? Not yet. It will be, though. Uh, so the, the events and experiences that we will offer uh, starting in 2024 uh, will be an experience uh, by Fanatics. Uh, we've, uh, we've hired a, a CEO, Lance Finsterman, of Repop, and if you know Repop, they're responsible for both New York uh, and San Diego Comic-Cons, uh, as well as a number of different events. Uh, and he is a phenomenal leader. And so what he's looking to do is, how do we create ownable events uh, from a fanatics perspective? Um, and then how do we create our presence within third-party events? What's beautiful about it is the focus of fanatics uh, events uh, in the near term will be on the collectible space. So if you think about some of the trade shows where collectors go to, to trade things, but also hear about the, the latest and greatest from a, a card and memorabilia standpoint. Uh, that's where our focus will be kind of uh, first and foremost. So up-leveling uh, these trade shows and events where if you went maybe last year, this year was pretty good, but if you went last year, it, it's probably the same as if you would have went in the 90s or the 80s. Uh, this year kind of took a step up uh, and then we're excited to, about the fact that it will continue to, to take steps up. Uh, and then really enhance the experience of the collector. You hit on something there I wanted to talk about, Ken, and it's the 80s and the 90s. Because I, that's my era, that's when I grew up, and I feel like, you know, uh, AJ's laughing because, uh, you know, I'm older than him, but that's okay. I embrace <laughs> it. it. I feel like the renewed love and passion of the collectibles it's great, but I feel like it's because of people like 80s and the 90s, we were so nostalgic and like, we're like those adults now that have, you know, uh, you know, maybe discretionary income and, and you're wanting to buy stuff. I feel like it's just a renew, why do you think that is like so many people, uh, you know, back into it? You know, I, I think there's a couple of things. And, and now some of this is, is real. Some of it's just my point of view. Um, I think nostalgia is cool now. Um, I think when folks kind of say, hey, let's take a look back on the things that were, were cool before. Like you, you see it in jerseys. You see it in teams when they do the, the retro. I, I think it was one of the teams in uh, this weekend, this past weekend in college football, uh, came out in kind of the, the powder blue uniforms and maybe in University of Houston, which is just kind of retro. I think the Oilers wore those jerseys for like mm -hmm. eight years. Like eight years is not a long time, but it's kind of like this is, this is cool. We've got the, the retro. And so you've got a bit of nostalgia where nostalgia is cool. The thing that's really interesting, intriguing, and cool about trading cards in the space is those cards represent memories, memories on, on two folds. One, the memory that one has when they actually got that card. And two, the memory of what the card actually captured. So I'll tell you about a card I had, uh, and I no longer know where it is, is I, <laughs> I had a Daryl Strawberry uh, Met card. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of the first cards that I had. Uh, I also had a Daryl Strawberry. I think you and I talked about the Daryl yeah. Strawberry signed jersey that walked away. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to find it. I actually think my cousin took that one. Um, <laughs> but but whenever whenever I think about that card, 
I think about the Mets in 86. Uh, and I think about that was an amazing time. Like you've got Strawberry, you've got Gooden, you've got, you know, all of the, all of the players and the Mets doing what no one thought that they could mm-hmm. do. You've got the Mets and the Red Sox. It just, those memories are really, really cool. And you can all have that encapsulated in, in one card. And I think that's just, I mean, that's just me uh, as an individual. Uh, but you kind of combine that with the fact of one thing that is, I would say, inertia, and that happened to be the pandemic, uh, where folks were kind of in their homes and uh, similar to what you and I talked about, they they walked into the the uh, the, the attic or into the basement uh, and they realized, hey, I've got a, a chest full of cards here. Let's take a look mm-hmm. at that. And so that was one aspect of it. And then the other aspect of it was well, those cards ended up being worth a lot of money because there are other folks like me looking for a, a Daryl Strawberry card or a, or a Doc Gooden card. And then it became more extrinsic value as well to the as well as the intrinsic value, and then it just took off. Um, like you and I were talking, it's it's uh, it's the folks who've collected and and now their children uh, collecting. Uh, it's the uh, inertia of the hobby. It's not only sports. It's things like um, Pokemon uh, that's yeah. also uh, taken off from a card perspective. You get kind of all that momentum, and you end up with an industry that continues to grow. Yeah, no, I, I Daryl Strawberry is and will always be my favorite New York Met. I'm a big Mets fan growing up here in New York in the 80s and uh, in the 90s. And it's, yeah, it's so funny. Like I, I, I have a strawberry card. It's not the one, I didn't take your card, Ken, but I have, <laughs> I have a Daryl Strawberry card. I have Doc Gooden. I got to meet Doc Gooden. Uh, coincidentally, that day was wearing a Mets jersey, a Eli Manning jersey when I met him. It was so coincidental. Even this is a throwback, right? This is a throwback yeah. to the Giants of the uh, 80s when they were yeah. winning, uh, you know, Super Bowls there. So, uh, yeah, I think Those Sims, now, yeah, that's right. Sims. I think that's going to be your argument for the best Giants quarterback. I think. It's got to be. It's got to be. I mean, you can't no go out better, but, but Phil yeah. Sims, is he, can you make a pretty good case for that guy? Yeah. Hey, I love me some Phil Sims. I'll talk about my favorite piece of memorabilia that I own, and uh, I would love to ask you that. But uh, I want to get to, so, you, you know, because interesting, like, the you know, Fanatics, it's really three core business units. And how is the marketing, are you, is all three teams kind of working together, Ken? How is that marketing kind of, are you, you know, working, uh, you know, is influencing one team over another? How's it all kind of meshing together to, to yeah. really promote all the brands? Yeah, you've got, you've got three core businesses um, that are in different stages in their growth. Mm-hmm. So in some areas, the marketing is able to, to work together uh, and combine. Uh, and in other areas, it, not, not so. So from a commerce standpoint, I'll start with commerce, I go to Sportsbook, and then I'll end on the collectibles. From a commerce standpoint, uh, it is a fair amount of performance marketing uh, because that's kind of how the business started. Uh, and so it's the analytics, uh, it's the SEO, uh, it is the, the, the paid search, uh, it is the, the, the cross-sell and the upsell. If you bought your jersey from Fanatics, you kind of signed up, now you're a user and you'll get an email. Uh, the next time the, the Giants do something, the Giants make the playoff, they they win the conference, they go to the Super Bowl, uh, you'll get hit up with some really cool swag that, that you can buy. Uh, and that's kind of the the area of, um, of commerce. Uh, sportsbook, betting gaming, um, it's a new business. So right now they're in user acquisition. It's a new business uh, that will be an app-based business. Uh, they will have some retail uh, locations, but it's app-based. And so you think about all the digital apps 
that you can use. Uh, that what's interesting is it is sportsbook. Uh, so there's some things you can do in sportsbook um, and some things you can't uh, because uh, of the nature of the business. Uh, and then you've got uh, our business that, that I work on, which is Fanatic Collectibles, which is really, um, it's kind of a mix. Uh, so you've got the, the business that was kind of started uh, in, in 2021, and then you've got Tops, this historic heritage brand that's been around. Uh, and so with that, you have kind of the, the best of both worlds. Uh, so you can do some really cool product marketing because the assets and the products are mostly physical. They're, they're a car that you can go to a hobby shop and, and buy, uh, and those get repeated on a regular basis. So you can actually talk about, hey, we've got this product coming out. We've got an amazing launch next week, uh, which is Bowman Chrome Baseball. Uh, and we can talk about kind of what's going on with, with that product. But you can also, like AJ was saying, you can also talk about some of the events, the trade shows uh, that we have, uh, where people go and collect, where we can show up uh, from a present standpoint. We can leverage athletes and partnerships to, to develop content uh, around kind of the, the hobby uh, and collectors. And so we kind of got our, our own thing going on with respect to the collectibles. I'd say where the connective tissue is across the businesses is, is really two areas. One, the power of the Fanatics brand, because uh, when you hear Fanatics, you, you think about the fan uh, and the opportunity to elevate the fan experience. Uh, and the second is kind of the underlying base of that, which is the athlete. And so the relationships that we have with uh, a number of different athletes uh, can span across at least two of those, uh, commerce uh, and, and collectibles. And we leverage the athletes really to allow us to have reach, uh, relevance and authenticity. Can you talk to us a little bit more about these uh, athlete partnership and uh, are they helpful with attracting new customers? They, they are. Uh, it's, it's a great question, Jay. It, it, they are, uh, especially in an area where we have traditionally relied on kind of the, the core consumer. Uh, from a collecting standpoint, you kind of have to know what you're doing to, to get into to collecting. You have to know what you're looking for. Uh, and for some folks, it's just not relevant. Uh, where it becomes relevant is if they see uh, an athlete. Uh, for us, it could be someone like uh, an Anthony uh, Volpe uh, of the Yankees, uh, a superstar rookie, where someone says, hey, I bought his jersey. I didn't realize there was a, a trading card, a, a rookie card. Uh, and so you build content around kind of that individual, and it allows you to, to, to really reach an audience uh, that you haven't before. And so for us, we know that there are fans of athletes. Our role is to convert a fan into a collector uh, by providing awareness uh, through content uh, that you can actually enhance your experience through something other than just a jersey. You can have a piece of, of history uh, and a memory uh, with a trading card as well. And when I was a teenager, or I guess I moved to U.S. when I was around 12, and around that time, uh, professional wrestling came to India, and uh, the, all the craze was around kind of these uh, trading cards that uh, came to India with uh, wrestling. So I was in uh, this, this summer, I was uh, in India with my family, so my 10-year-old brought back my <laughs> deck of uh, wrestling cards, so he's been playing with them, so it's pretty cool to see with wrestlers from 80s and 90s on there. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Who's your favorite wrestler? Uh, Bret Hart. Huh, all right. The Hart connection. Bret Hart, yeah. Gemini Hart. I remember that. They had the pink yeah. as well. They had a nice little uniform. They did, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're a wrestling fan too. 
<laughs> I'm a sports fan, man. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So what's for you, what's your favorite kind of uh, uh, collectible that you own or that you remember? So my first jersey, uh, I'll go with a, a jersey because I talked about the strawberry card. My first jersey was a, a Jim Brown jersey, which is appropriate. Uh, Jim Brown passing earlier this year. Uh, and it was it was a, a three quarter length sleeve uh, Browns jersey, the the white version of it. Uh, 32 is amazing. Um, it, it was special to me because of my first jersey. Uh, second, I think the Browns may have wore that jersey for two years. You know, Jim Brown only played eight years, mm -hmm. uh, but they wore those, those jerseys, I think, for, for two years. It's a really hard jersey to come by now. Um, and, but it was my first, my first jersey that I had and the first jersey that I, I bought with my own money. Uh, and so it became a, a special one for me. That's awesome. I'm trying to think of my favorite piece. My favorite piece of collectibles, I have these mini helmets so uh -huh. they're all they're giants helmets and there's three of them of all the super bowl mvps from the giants super bowls right so it's phil sims one is oj anderson and then one is eli with the two on it and it's like i have it displayed in a case it's in my closet my you know with, with some lights illuminating on it yeah but uh i've got a lot of jerseys I just, it's just such a yeah, it's that nostalgia. I love collecting things, and yeah. uh, you know those live events. I can't wait for 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 those. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be awesome. So, Ken, you know, I just want one more work related, uh, you know, question. Then uh, you know, there's a our infamous question that we ask every guest uh, that our listeners, if we ever miss it, they'll like hunt us down. But yeah. so, talk to us. You work with a lot of professional leagues. You work with like MLB, you know, the other companies are not doing that. You're actually like entrenched with that. Like, what are the advantages of that? For, yeah, it's, it's, I will tell you, it's a bit newer uh, for me coming from Red Bull than having such great partnerships with, with some of the leagues. Um, I think there's two areas that are, are really cool. One, I talked a little bit about. Uh, it's it's the reach uh, and it's the relevance. When you work with uh, an MLB, um, you know that they kind of have a good understanding of who their fan base is. Uh, they have a good understanding of how to to work with teams, uh, and so from that we get a chance to kind of leverage and and borrow the equity of, of MLB uh, from a trading card perspective. Um, and you mentioned this, Vincent, we had a live activation at the MLB All-Star Game. Uh, and so we brought out a, kind of a, a, a tops activation. Uh, we had some other Fanatics things as, there as well. Uh, but just lines around the corner uh, to buy these tops uh, trading cards uh, that we have there. Uh, and then we have an opportunity with, with one of the athletes uh, in a J-Rod and a Julio Rodriguez. Uh, to do some things that are are special because the MLB All Star Game is in is in um, Seattle. Um, the other thing that it allows us to do is it allows us to to create some engagements with fans and collectors. So part of one of our uh, products that we had, uh, fans had an opportunity to to win kind of VIP treatment to the MLB uh, Home Run Derby. It was my first Home Run Derby, um, and I don't know if you all watched it, uh, but. J-Rod, he didn't win, but he won the heart like that. Mm -hmm. That stadium was electric. 
and when that dude hit 40 plus uh, home runs in the home run derby uh, in the in the first round, so it was it was pretty cool. So it gives us opportunities to to kind of do things like that. Uh, the, I, I'd say the other area is being able to partner with the league to understand what it is they're looking to do in the future helps us as we start to build our marketing plans uh, that are focused on uh, driving more collectors into the hobby. Again, if we already know that they are fans of of a league uh, or fans of a team, uh, and we kind of know a bit more about who these fans are, then it gives us an opportunity to tell the right stories at the right time to convert those fans uh, into collectors. Some of those may be on the playground, meaning specifically at the stadium, uh, but there's also opportunities to reach uh, these, these fans uh, when they're in an MLB store. Uh, and so we have an opportunity to, to do that as well. And so one one last plug, um, if you, you if you have been, uh, Vincent, to the MLB store, if you haven't, you have been there. Yeah. Uh, so there is a, a really cool Tops activation in the MLB flagship uh, store in New York uh, where you can actually take a, a selfie, a digital selfie, uh, with some of the some of the athletes that we have. So it's kind of in the in the top section. Uh, you just pick a player, uh, and then it produces a, a selfie for you. Uh, and so it's those things like that that kind of having partnerships with the leagues allows us to do. It, that is awesome. You know, every time it's so funny. Like every time you say tops, it takes me back to the the gum. The old gum and the opening up a pack and just being so happy about that. That's uh, there's little things like that. It's all this, you know, nostalgia that bring it, that brings up different things. Training cards in general. AJ was talking about his yeah. time when he was in India, where you know having that. So it, it, it's amazing. I could talk about this yeah. stuff for hours. Let's get to a question that we ask every one of our guests. One of our signature questions. Uh -huh. You're a chief marketing officer at a huge brand there, LinkedIn. You must get emails or solicitations all the time, Ken, what is a message that you just hate and never respond to? And also what's, what's one that you, you know, may get your attention that may resonate with you? Yeah. So the, you know, I actually do try to read most of the, the LinkedIn messages. The ones that I usually don't respond to are the ones that are kind of, you can tell they just copy and paste it. Uh, there wasn't a lot of thought. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's like, hello. And then what, some of them even say insert name. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, yeah. and then comes the pitch. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not actually going to, to, to respond to that one. So that, those, those I get probably more so than, than others. Um, and it's just ones I don't respond to. Uh, the ones that I usually respond to, and this is going to sound weird. Um, if someone has a, a name, a first name or a last name um, that is unique. I've never seen before. It actually, it actually grabs my attention. It's like, wow, I've never seen that name before. Like, uh, so sorry for those folks who may be named John or, or, or Michael. Vincent's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fairly is unique. Not many Professor, that's a good one. Professor, there's no no one out there like that, Ken. Yeah, right. So it's like. Wow. Okay. Let's hear this a little bit. So that that's a filter that I use. The other ones are just looking for um, advice, right? Like I'm a big pay it for it fan uh, in terms of, of doing things. I'll, I'll tell you a quick 15 second story. My first interview that I had with a marketing company was horrible. It was the worst interview I've ever had. Uh, the person who interviewed me stopped me during the interview and said, this is going really, really bad. Mm -hmm. um, but what they did is they said, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do a, a mock interview. Uh, and I'm not going to count this because you're so bad at this. I can't tell if you can actually do the job. 
Uh, and his only request was, my only request is that you pay this for it. If anytime someone's looking for help, just to, to help their career, whatever it is, um, please just listen to him. Uh, and that was it. Uh, and he ended up hiring me, which was great. And now here I am. That's awesome. That's a great story. And also 160 guests, very unique in the sense that you said, I respond to people with, with unique names. Like that's the first time we've heard that uh, <laughs> one. And uh, yeah, maybe Vincent, not so much. You're right, AJ, but Patrick Fessa, <laughs> maybe that got, that got his attention. You're here, aren't you? So it must have been. <laughs> uh, so, so Ken, our, uh, our final question, when we get to know you personally. So, you know, and we might've chatted about this, but you said Wisconsin born, yeah. but now you're in LA. Yeah. What are you, who are your teams? Like, you know, do you have to kind of stay agnostic, right? Uh, talk to me about, <clears throat> excuse me, your teams uh, that you root for and, you know, some of these cool athletes you're meeting. Like, so it, it would love to understand that, your hobbies, what you're into. So I'll start with hobbies. Um, not as much as I used to, but I love to get on a mountain uh, and snowboard. Uh, I did not know how to snowboard when I joined Red Bull. Um, the folks at Red Bull made sure before I left, I knew how to snowboard. So it's it's pretty cool to do that. Uh, in terms of teams, I'm a big Steelers fan. Um, I'm a Steelers fan. Growing up in Wisconsin, my dad uh, was a huge Packers fan, uh, but they were horrible. Mm. Uh, and so I said, all right, I don't want to be that angry ever. So I'm going to root for a team that has the closest colors. Uh, ended up being the Steelers. Uh, and now I'm probably as angry as he is. Uh, <laughs> although this might be the year. This, I, I feel good about this year. Uh, from, a, uh, from a basketball standpoint, Interestingly, I root for the team that has the Marquette players. So uh, it was the Heat when it was the way. Now it's the Heat because it's Jimmy Butler. I still like the the, the Bucks, uh, but being a graduate of Marquette undergrad, I kind of root for those teams as well. Uh, and then I, I guess the other one is from a, a baseball standpoint. That's where I'm a bit more uh, agnostic, I and mean, I just kind of enjoy the the athletes and, and kind of watching them watching them do their things. That's awesome. Yeah. We actually had on a, uh, someone from the Milwaukee Bucks on, on the, uh, the podcast oh, nice. as well. It was interesting to, uh, to learn about like, you know, the, uh, those smaller franchises that become, uh, bigger. That that's awesome. Ken, yeah. this has been exciting having you on. This has been again, because I'm so passionate about this, you know, uh, fanatics and, and fanatics collectibles and, and collectibles in general. This has been amazing. Thank you for, spending some time with us here today. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Ken Turner, the Chief Marketing Officer of Fanatics Collectibles. Check, check them out. Go and see if you're a sports fan. If you have children who are sports fans, go check them out. That's Ken Turner. That's AJ Gupta. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.